All right, here we are. October 5th, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbajal, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. This podcast is brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Make sure you check out AllAccessMMA.com for your mixed martial arts news. Uh, this week I got to speak to, before we move forward with uh, the news that we're going to talk about, uh, I got to speak with Monica Franco from Invicta FC, um, who talked to me about her fighting off, uh, fighting through COVID when she was supposed to be on the Invicta FC 44 pay-per-view and fights that she, uh, she potentially wants to have. So if you want to check that interview out, it'll be uh, on the audio portion of this. It'll be after Matt, Matt and I's portion and folks watching this on the YouTube channel, the Blogboard Jungle YouTube channel. You can check the description below and skip right ahead over to that if you like, because um, I already have the link on there. The That interview is already live on the YouTube channel. So, uh, Matt, it's uh, we got some bad news out of your favorite uh, sport yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah, not my favorite sport, but one I do enjoy. Uh, yeah, the sad news is, uh, you know, we started the show off uh, with rest in peace to Justin Thornton, um, who passed away. Uh, from injuries uh, that he sustained in a bare knuckle fighting championship event on August 20th, um, a fight uh, mismatch fight. He probably should not have been in. Um, he was knocked out uh, and, and the injuries that he suffered had nothing, or I shouldn't say have nothing to do, um, but the result, the injuries were a result of how he landed on the canvas. Um hmm. You know, when, just for visual for maybe someone who hadn't seen it. So, like, when we see a lot of guys get knocked out, they kind of go down flat like a board. Uh, they hit the and they hit the mat. In this one, he when he while falling down, he curled into kind of a C shape of his body, and then he when he hit the mat, his his forehead basically it did hit the canvas, uh, which apparently led to some spinal injury, uh, some partial paralyzation and uh obviously the issues that eventually led to i guess him getting pneumonia in the hospital so it's sad um yeah it sucks it it sucks uh so that's why you got to be careful i got especially me i got to be careful uh how i try to explain the way i see it um because obviously Is is that the one you were at no, no, no. I was oh, watching okay. this when the knockout happened on TV. It was one where I actually paused and I said, oh, oh, shit. You know, like that guy's in bad, bad shape. Mm. Um, when you've watched as many fights as we have, you you tend to pick up. Oh, stuff yeah. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you pick up stuff that maybe a more casual fan doesn't notice or. But when I saw it, the immediate my immediate thought was that guy's not in good shape. No, mm. I hadn't heard it. Hadn't heard much about it for a couple of weeks. So it, it had slipped my mind. Um but with that being said, uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh, talk. Uh, the initial quick MMA fan reaction was, let's ban bare knuckle fighting. Let's, let's you know, bare knuckle fighting's garbage. All they do is have a bunch of old men fighting who have been knocked out a million times. Yada, yada. And, and while, while there might be some truth to that, um, the injuries he sustained were not as a result of being hit with a bare knuckle punch. He was knocked out, but we've seen multiple multiple people knocked out and and face first into the canvas Mm -hmm. in kickboxing boxing mma uh any kind of standing karate uh we saw in the olympics the guy got knocked out cold he ended up winning the damn gold medal and i think it was you know or whatever it was (laughs) okay so but that's the point like there's there's brutal knockouts are happening in all these sports in this case check out my news later for my thoughts (laughs) on that yeah um so uh, you know, it, to me, the reaction, the result was him falling, hitting the mat. I'm not sure how his age plays a role in that. Um, I think he was 38 years old. 
36 years old. So in the world of combat sports, his age wasn't necessarily over the top with what we're seeing these days. Um, I also see, and, and I, you know, Nolan King, who we massively respect, interviewed Mike Mazzulli, the head of one of your favorite commissions, the uh, Mohegan Sun Athletic Commission. Mm-hmm. And I see in his comments uh, that he's saying how uh, it needs to come to an end. Bare knuckle fighting needs to stop using washed up martial art, mixed martial arts and kickboxers and boxers to, to compete. In less than a year ago, Mike Mazzulli sanctioned Melvin Manhoff to fight. Uh, I think you're misreading. Corey. You're misreading. You're, you're reading the quote without reading the article. Because that's no, not what he was it, saying. Isn't he? Okay, then maybe you can correct me. But isn't he saying things need to change and, and, and bare knuckle boxing needs to do a better job of who they allow to fight? Yeah, and they uh, so he's saying that the, that the commissions, not just bare knuckle boxing, because not for nothing, you and I both know the promoters are kind of just, I mean, and the commissions, they're everyone's looking for their money grab to to hold these events. But uh, the the I'll read the statement, and this is from Nolan King's article mm-hmm. concerning factors that many commissions do not require any imaging study, CT scan, or MRI scan in a sport where individuals are at risk of acute and chronic head injuries. And uh, their findings have found that the places that are holding these bare knuckle events, they're kind of just doing it passively to the point that it's probably not even being done. And that's what he's asking for. That's what has to stop. They have to they have to do their due diligence. But what but what is what does his brain scan have to do with how he fell to the floor? What 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 the fuck kind of question is that? No, no, I mean because because the same the same guy who's criticizing other commissions licensed Melvin Manhoff to fight Corey Anderson in a mega in a main event within the last year. No, uh, uh, but uh, so he's he's taking into account this particular fighter's history with the amount of losses and the amount of damage he's done. Uh-huh. They didn't do their due diligence in looking into them. I mean, they just looked to license. I mean, even right now, you're, we're talking about Nolan King's article. They're going to have, uh, what's his name, who's like got 13 losses or something like that in their next event. And it's just like, okay, you guys are hyping up these events, but you, but you have to make sure these, these fighters are ready to go. Yeah, and, but, and, and, yeah, and yeah. late okay. 30s, late 30s is not, it's prime. Yeah, it's, it's towards the end of your prime. Fighting is a young man's sport. Late 30s is, is definitely, you know, that's when you should start them for combat sports. Mm-hmm. And I'm an old fucking man already saying this. I'm way past my 30s. But you know that's that that's definitely towards the end. You got to start thinking about doing other things when you're in your late thirties in, in combat do you, sports. Do you think we'll have okay? Well, all I ask is that the fans who are saying that BKFC should be held liable for having this guy in the ring, Andre Arlovsky is one of the poster boys for being sent astro sailing in his career. He co-main events UFC in two weeks. If he somehow. Now, the fade or knockout, he went face first down on the mat. If his head tilts another 30 degrees down and we have a tragedy, do we also, do we talk about then banning UFC because of the way he fell to the floor? They've signed Greg Hardy, a knockout artist, to now fight 44-year-old uh, Olianek. If mm-hmm. Olianek gets beat into oblivion and tragedy were to strike, do we blame the UFC? And I mean, I know we will blame the UFC, but when we talk about banning the UFC, we've talked about the possibility of death in these sports for a long, long time. And we've yeah. always kind of agreed that like the DDT basically would be yeah. kind of how it would happen. And that's basically what happened in this fight. 
I, I, no I, one can control how someone falls. You know what I mean? But, so. and that, but I guess that's my point. Like if Kleckler, the opponent who was, who was 11 and one in MMA, if he would have been the one knocked out and who passed away as a result of the injury, would we be talking about BKFC uh, regulating their sport better? Or would we be talking about banning BKFC because one of their fighters died? I mean, you could always ask what if, but that's not what happened. Well, yeah, but but that's every, even Mazzulli's going what if because he's looking for the future too. Maybe well, yeah, I mean that's so, the, but that's that's the thing. I mean that that towards the end of this statement, that's it's on the Nolan King's article, the PDF. You can read the full statement for. Mm-hmm. For, I read uh, it, so maybe I didn't pick up the end, but it seems to me like he's not bad mouthing MMA and stuff. He's so bad mouthing. They actually, they actually formed a committee to examine and make suggestions for bare knuckle boxing when they had their conference this this year. So it's not like they're not trying to ban it, but they're definitely saying the commissions where these the states that are holding where they, these, this sport can be held, they need to not just rush to rush to book fights so fast without doing their their research on on the on the guys that they're licensing because you know maybe I mean it's 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 unfortunate it sucks to say because I mean, the other the other side of it is too and I know a couple other folks had this opinion. You know, you don't somebody like the whole Evander Holyfield thing. Mm-hmm. You can his own family didn't want him to do his match, but he still did it because he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So these these athletes, you're never going to have them talk themselves out of doing something, especially especially a combat sport athlete. So, I mean, I, th- I think that's that's where it is. And, and it's almost silly when you talk about trying to regulate violence. Because at the end of the day, you know what I mean? That's, that's what it is. That's, that's a plenty valid point. I guess yeah. my thing is with Mazzulli is, again, the Manhoff thing. Like, we're talking if – he's, if he's worried about the safety of fighters, anybody looking at Melvin Manhoff versus Corey Anderson, what's Manhoff, 45, 46 now? The guy's been knocked out like 18 times in his yeah. career. So, like, it, to me, it's like the wrong guy saying that. You know, yeah, like, but, but and you know, and and we're gonna end up with talking about his commission and his judges here shortly mm, too. So yeah. I, I don't. Mike Mazzulli's kind of like, okay, bud. Like uh, I don't, you don't. Bring well, yeah, to the table. that's actually a good way to segue away <laughs> from this, and and so we might as well talk about uh, Bellator 267's main event. Actually, uh, while we move into that, uh, so you know the we host this this podcast on Anchor and Spotify owns anchor they've added a new feature so if you listen to this podcast on on spotify i'm going to put a poll in it and i would like folks that listen on spotify to sound off because i mean i already know where matt stands on this but you know who do you think won the main event of bellator 267 between douglas lima and michael venom page because i disagreed with the decision i know matt disagreed with this because we were literally talking immediately after we started messing each other so i'll post the poll and if you listen on Spotify, put it up. We'll uh, we'll read the results uh, on next week's episode. But let's we might as well get into it, Matt. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, let me let me just start off by saying that I don't necessarily consider this a robbery because I think that that is too strong of a term mm. for what what we saw here. I believe it was a fairly close fight. I just don't understand the judging criteria at all because when I without rewatching the fight because. God bless you if you can sit through that for another a second time. Um, I, I I mean I shouldn't say that there was, it had its moments. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was fun. I liked it. it, it you know, uh, should have been five rounds. Bellator needs to get off the damn. You know, they need to get get caught up with with Shout that. Shout out to Keith Schilling who who stomps his foot every time at every Bellator event out here in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. 
He actually, I feel bad because I, I broke his balls a little bit about it. He was like, all right, I'll stop asking about it. But maybe he needs to start asking about it. Yeah, again. and I'm not even saying every fight needs to be three rounds, but you need or five rounds, but you should pick and choose in a fight like this where the first fight was five rounds, even though it uh you know it, it, this fight should have been also. But um so I, I guess the way I look at it, and you can tell me if you saw it differently. I saw the first round where where uh, uh, MVP came out, did some damage, not much, but he did in theory maybe drop Lima. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like he dropped him to me, although John McCarthy kept telling me he didn't drop him, so uh, that left me a little bit uh, confused. Uh, again, I was watching on my phone, so <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Um, I wish then... they had different audio options for the Showtime app, <laughs> like Snoopcast or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, I'd rather listen uh, to Snoop. Uh, so, so yeah, so Lima came out, was a little bit more the aggressor in the beginning or not Lima. I'm sorry. Uh, page came out, was the aggressor early, did a little bit of damage, uh, about halfway through the round, Lima took him down, didn't do a whole lot of damage, but controlled from the top for the rest of the round. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. I mean, pretty, pretty. And then, and the judges in, uh, I believe all three cases gave the first round to Lima. Okay, cool. Second round MVP comes out in my mind controls basically the whole round really drops him at least one time, uh, maybe a second uh, outstrikes him. Lima doesn't even try a takedown. I don't recall. Uh, and, and basically just kind of slow round, but MVP does, but in my opinion, by far more damage wins mm-hmm. the second round, third round guys come out kind of even striking back and forth. Uh, I don't recall anything major on the feet uh, about, you know, halfway through the round again, maybe a little less minute and a half left in the fight. Uh, Lima gets the takedown this time does much more damage. Than they did in the first round, but eventually, but essentially to me, they were kind of a mirror of each other. The first and the third round. Uh, I give that round to Lima uh, judges two out of three, I believe decided that no MVP won the third round. So I just don't understand the consistency uh, when they start reading off the names, Cologne and Douglas Crosby. Uh, it always seems to be, the case mm-hmm. um you pointed out in our conversations that uh that's the uh international commission that they bring from mohegan sun and our boy mike mazuli he brings his crew to you know london to ireland to you know bulgaria wherever the heck they decide to show up mm-hmm. and, and that's who runs the show and that's their judges that they bring with them just seems like it's always the same three judges um i, I you you cover the the events in Mohegan Sun. How many of those events, let's if you've covered 25 Bellator events, let's just say a number, uh, how many of those would you say Douglas Crosby was a ref a judge at? I mean, I feel like he was definitely at the last few that I was there for pre-COVID because I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. Obviously I wasn't there through all the COVID, but uh, you know, um he's definitely usually there and I can usually I mean sometimes he surprised me with some of where I'm like, oh okay, you know, like like I've agreed with the, some of his uh scoring but um like this one i just i mean and again this is my opinion i just got because of what i know about him i feel like and i always reference his two appearances on chael sonnen's podcast where i don't know if he was drunk or high or just being a dick because he enjoyed being a dick but um when he when when chael sonnen pressed him and asked about the type of training and what you know what do you have to go through to become a judge he never answered the question. There's still never answered two appearances and didn't answer the fucking question. But um, I just felt like like th- that was just him. Let me score. Let me score for MVP just to fuck with everybody out there. That, that <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because if, if and I'm telling you, if you listen to the guy, 
listen to those two episodes. Do a search for it because uh, articles were written about it because they, they, you know even Chael got into it with him in the first appearance. Um, it, yeah, I just got the vibe that I'm like, yo, this guy, this guy likes to fucking aggravate people. And just he gets off on he gets off on on making people pissed off and and I just when when I heard that score when I heard Doug and, and Doug Crosby twenty nine twenty eight whatever it was I was just like of course you did of course you did because <laughs> because you know it's gonna you know people because you know people are, are you know people are gonna it's a questionable fight to call again with everything you said with Lima on top and his top control. Um, then he did score a knockdown of his own. I was in round three. Uh, um, the, the multiple takedowns, um, the lay and pray t- uh, defense of MVP. Because there's at one point, I think it was in round two, where he looks at the ref to kind of like, hey, stand us up because he's got nothing outside of holding on to Lima with not for nothing. Shout out to MVP and his grip strength. It looked like uh, Lima had trouble even in the later rounds to get in, getting his hands free when he was controlling him just by holding his wrist. Usually guys can just. You know, when you, when somebody grabs your lift it, wrist, if you angle out and go out through the exit point of the of where they're grabbing you, and you're sweaty. When you're sweaty, that's easy to do. And Lima, if you rewatch it, Lima was trying to do that, and MVP wasn't wasn't easily letting go. So he must have some serious grip strength. But I mean, I mean, I don't because I don't want to take it. I'm not trying to knock him for his win, but I definitely want to knock those scores because I just feel like that was more to be a. a an asshole to the fans and, and, and like kind of pour some salt on us to see who reacts so he can sit at home and say, look, <laughs> look at what I did. You know what I mean? And then here's the other thing too. And I don't know if, cause I, I don't know if you saw, I put it out on Twitter this morning, you know, every Tuesday after an event that if it's on Friday, like if they did a Saturday event, they would, they would update the rankings on Wednesday. But today that belt or MMA updated their rankings and in their men's pound for pound, Michael page is now, newly inserted in it and i'm just like i don't know if he's pound for pound like no 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 (laughs) no and 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 your take on crosby is obviously your own opinion nothing that you would know anything but we are talking about a judge who has been investigated for corruption yeah Uh, so it's not as if uh we're we're going after uh somebody who who uh who's never uh faced some scrutiny for his uh decision making as far as uh fights he would judge and how he would judge them and and who And Jared Vallel was refereeing matches at that thing too that I was already like I'm surprised nobody died <laughs> I, I shouldn't say died but you know no, what I mean like No that's terrible like I'm yeah. I'm just like uh, you know Jared Vallel was there refereeing and I I was waiting for like odd like things to happen I mean, shockingly, nothing did with the matches he ref. I was like, okay, you know, thank God. Who, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, it wasn't a robbery. It was just weird. It was the whole the whole vibe was weird. Um, and, and like you said, I when and and this is going to go after the commission a little bit, and even maybe Bellator. But when you have a commission that it's all kind of an inside job a little bit. I know that's all the commissions, but it just I, I don't know. I. I Again, Mazzulli's out here talking about fighter safety and stuff, but he's bringing in corrupt judges and, and you know, doing his thing. So I, I guess that's why. I mean, that's I, a good but... question to ask is like, okay, I mean, if okay, if the promotion has to go by whatever the commission does, which is usually how Scott Coker responds when you ask him, you know, if you ask him anything about officiating, he's like, you know, we go by whatever the commission. Okay, the state that we're in. Okay, so if if then what is the commission's selection process, especially like, I don't know, because you know what? It's not something we're ever going to get rid of, though, because if you look at the whole 
Adelaide Bird situation, and <clears throat> it's not something. There's definitely some sort of good old boy network going on in 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 the fight business, and it's always been there. I mean, who are we kidding, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the way to question it would be, Mr. Mazzulli, if you want to hold other commissions accountable for their actions, then how do you explain bringing in a judge who has known corruption? Like mm-hmm. you, you really, you know, although one has to do with health and one not so much, you're still talking about the careers of these fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's not picking on anybody. You simply but the facts are you're bringing in a judge who was was seen to be corrupt and it has that image of being corrupt and has an image of a bad reputation mm-hmm. from like you said on his podcast so i don't know i, I mean it, we feel like the whole show's been kind of negative but it, it just uh, <laughs> you know I, I guess that's just kind of trent rensmith we should get we should get trent from jeez <laughs> yeah no i'm moving on I've got that uh, but uh but yeah i i don't know uh but anyways but you, know, you know what i mean uh i i don't i, I don't understand how because that was in London, and and obviously MMA is, you know, popular. So like like I mean, and I, who regulates uh, cage warriors and stuff? Like why 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 aren't they going to? You know what I mean? Like like why isn't? I, I just don't get like because I know the UFC also self self regulates when they go overseas. I don't understand. I mean, that's something why, I should probably why? look into. Like why 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 is there no? Why do we have to bring? You know, if me if we have the fucking coast-to-coast combat hour fight promotion why do we have to bring our our own judges with us when we go overseas if you guys have the sport there and you know i don't know what the rules and regs are that's probably something that that uh pat uh, eric mcgracken probably could answer better than than i'm I'm actually going to ask him that i'll send him this clip and ask him or tag him put this click up clip up because i mean jesus it's funny ever since i spoke to him so many things have happened that I'm Jesus, just like, no, man, that's no. a that's a question for Eric McCracken, Combat Sports Law. So yeah, no, I have I had the same question. Is there no commission in the UK? Do they not have any kind of sport commission? Is it so yeah, corrupt over a... there that Bellator doesn't trust them? Like why or UFC doesn't trust? I mean, the UFC is a gigantic conglomerate, so I can kind of understand them being able to ship everything. But we got Bellator. It, it why why if there's no three there's not three good judges in London. Like we have to during a, during a pan, during a pandemic we got a during a pandemic we got to fly three American judges I believe they were all three yeah, American judges get, we got to fly like, them ac- across the friggin' ocean to judge this event we can't there's nobody else mm. you know I mean I don't know maybe I'm delusional but it that just seems weird to me and and I don't it just seems weird that you have the same judges yeah it just it always is the same thing and yeah. and. You know, I mean, you, you know, we always talk about it. We always joke about it. But when we hear certain names, you sit there and you go, "Uh oh, no. Yeah, there's a lot Uh of names that have a lot of reputations. And I know I'm not the only one. I mean, especially like when it comes to certain refs. And I mean, the the Doug Crosby thing, you know, I I think he's made himself. And again, my opinion is he knows about this. Like he knows that this is this has gotten attention on him. And it's almost it's almost like he enjoys it. I feel like, like, and that's why I feel like I just, I mean, I know again, uh, I'm just being a conspiracy. Maybe I've been locked inside too long from the fucking pandemic or whatever, but you know, I, I just, I just, I, as soon as I heard his name, I was like, he's going to go, he's going to go the other way just to fuck us all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, With that said, I'm not sure exactly where Douglas or, uh, well, Lima's got to deal with now three losses in a row. I know. so that's kind of that's a dilemma. Although he's got the trilogy with MVP that's automatically set up, you mm-hmm. would think. Um, 
MVP, I'm not sure how he he can't he can't even he can't go in the cage with Amosov. I don't care what they try to. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, his takedown defense is white belt level and his ability to get up. He doesn't even try. Like you said, his, his technique to get up was to try to stall um, basically, you know, 2001. Like, so like, yeah. And if I was a judge, I'd score against that. I'm like, you're not doing anything. Um, uh, the guy on top of you is, is controlling the fight right now. I'm not standing you. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like that's definitely a, a, a 10, nine for Lima for me or 10, eight for Lima. You know what I mean? Like, like you shouldn't you shouldn't punish the guy for not landing strikes because the other guy is holding on it, for dear life. Yeah, stall. Like the guy but he would have gotten for... carded in Pride for that. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Pride Pride might have carded both of them just because <laughs> the, the Yakuza wanted their money. But uh, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, exactly. And you know, so I I don't know. But just weird, weird. The whole thing was weird. Three rounds. You know, was weird. I, I, it, it was it's just a, it was just a weird weekend overall like when you look at that call that was friday and then i did that i mean just briefly well i mean i know, I know not a lot of people watch it because i did the live results for cfsc 101 on fight pass and the co-main event there is actually gonna might, might get overturned because of a, a there was a submission victory i i'm sorry i forget the, the names of the fighters but it was a co-main event and somebody tapped well the the fight was stopped because it got the <laughs> The guy's hands were trapped because he was trying to defend the guillotine choke, but he was doing everything right. He was actually very spry and mobile, but when the referee looked in them for some reason, and I think it was just kind of like a, a weird shell shock because the fight before that had a guillotine submission that was stopped a little too late. So I feel like the, the guys were just kind of like, on, you know, walking on eggshells like, oh my God, you know, let's wake up. And they saw the very same thing kind of replay in front of them and the referee, uh, stopped it and they gave the submission uh, technical submission victory to the opponent but like as soon as the fight was stopped and and the guy's hands were free he slams his hands on the on the mat he's like what are you doing i'm not out <laughs> and, and it was just like a weird even john morgan who you know he does commentary for them but he's also mma junkie he said he was going to look into it and uh, i know that's that, that was the, the last update that i i heard was that the, the the losing team is definitely going to appeal it and try to get it overturned or at least turned to a no contest. So that happened early Saturday and then Saturday night. And I know we didn't we briefly just talk about it before we get into of uh, Wilder Fury three, um, the no contest headbutt from the UFC event with Kevin Holland and 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 uh, yeah yeah. And so like that was I mean, that that seemed easier to do, but it's just like a weird weekend of like. Odd judging and weird things happening in fights. I mean, yeah, no, that and the weird thing about the the Holland Dawkins fight is that I don't even think that was handled correctly. Like, yeah, there was I, like, I, yeah, they're like chattering about it for a while. Yeah, so you know, you had you had Holland get knocked out. So here, here we're gonna talk about fighter safety again. So Holland was basically knocked out cold with a headbutt, landed mm. on the mat, and woke up when he landed on the mat. They're they're scheduled for a rematch in thirty eight days. Mm. So you know. I'm thinking you might need more than a month and a week to recover from being knocked out cold with a head, but, but you know, I'm not in control of fighter safety, but, uh, but getting back to that. uh, Yeah. Referee acknowledged at the time of the head, but that there was an accidental head, but then the fight continued for, I, I, it's hard to say exactly how much time. I can't remember the time, but it, it who knows with for, the ESPN Plus cards? It, it continued <laughs> for a, a minute, give or take, uh, before a submission choke, uh, a guillotine, 
uh, no, it was a rear naked choke was was eventually locked in and, and Hal and tapped. They at that point then went to the replay and overturned it uh, to a no contest. I don't believe that that's necessarily how it's supposed to happen. I think they're supposed to pause the fight immediately when they believe that happens, but I might be wrong. I, I mean, I don't, uh, but it just seems like a weird thing because had Holland, if Holland had knocked out Dawkins in, you know, 30 seconds later, instead of getting choked out, would they have went back and called it a no contest? It yeah. was still an accidental headbutt. So it just, I, I know this, we're still trying to figure out how this instant replay stuff works. Cause I know I sure as hell don't know how it works. Um, so well, it's, it's new. What did they start doing that in 2018, 2019? So that hasn't been around that long. It hasn't been around that long, but you would think in you know three and a half years we might have but process. Yeah, but the reason why we're confused is because every time let me I mean back before COVID, when they're traveling from state to state, you had to be told at the at the start of the broadcast they're using the old unified rules or using the that's new true. unified rules. You know, instant replay is a thing, you know. So that that's why it's confusing for us. But the thing about I mean, going back to to safety, the thing the thing that the edge that the UFC has when it comes to fighter safety and doing due diligence or whatever, all the stuff that Missouli wants to says commission should do is that the UFC does that. And they have their own doctors to do it. If they feel like someone else isn't doing, you know, if the state that they're in isn't doing their due diligence um, point, look, look at the Aljamain Sterling situation with Peter Yan, you know, people shitting on Aljamain Sterling as if he's the one pulling out, but it's doctors saying that his neck isn't ready for him to be fighting so soon still after his neck surgery. So it's not even him pulling out. It's 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 the doctors involved in, in checking the fighter's health to 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 say yes they can move forward and no they can't. And I mean neck surgery is a, a pretty major thing. So I, I it's better to be safe than sorry there. But I mean I mean I I don't know man. Thirty eight days for that type of finish. I mean I guess I mean the uh, him him uh, pulling over uh, carjackers and and. Holding him for the cops to come probably helps helps make a decision. <laughs> to move yeah, I mean, there. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I, I, and and I want to see the rematch. I'm not, and I like Holland, uh, Holland yeah. Kevin Holland, so I'm not trying to like badmouth that. I just wonder like where we're gonna draw the line. Like yeah. if something happens to Kevin Holland in his next fight, are we gonna look back and go, wow, they let him fight 38 days after being knocked out with a headbutt? Like yeah. I feel like you can't be always a Monday morning quarterback. Like no, uh, and, and I understand being. Well, shout out to Kevin Holland too for, uh, I mean, he handled that like a champ. You know, even afterwards at the post fight press conference, he, he even though they called no contest, he was like, as far as I'm concerned, I lost. You know, he was just like, what did he say? Street fight, street rules, and he referenced his kung fu training. He was like, you know, if it was in the streets, that would have been good to go and and get game over for me. So, which is more reason why he wants to rematch. But I mean, listen, you know, when funny things like that happen. They definitely. That's one thing the UFC. I'll, I'll say does like a great job. When that happened with the, was it the po, uh Was it Poye uh, Alvarez? Or who, funny stoppages and people. When people want to see a fight again, they usually do run it back. I forget who. I'm pretty sure it was Dustin Poye and Eddie, Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. Yeah, with that weird stoppage that they they did it again. But um, <clears throat> you know that's one thing the UFC does good. So. I mean, I think that's warranted. I, I thought the no contest was warranted. Um, like you said, the 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 discussion maybe <laughs> maybe was a little funny, but you know, we... I, it got to the right solution. <laughs> Live at TV, the end. folks. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, I think I think they came to the right conclusion at the end. I just it would be nice if we had a cleaner way of of knowing yeah. what was what was going on. But um, yeah. but you know, we're we mentioned rematches. Uh, we've been talking about people who got 
beaten badly. That brings us to Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Three, um, first fight draw, second fight round, uh, second fight, second ra- seventh round uh, TKO due to corner stoppage. And that sets us up for this uh, third bout uh, between two of the top, you know, four heavyweight boxers you know you know what's funny about this match is like when um because i was really looking forward to fury joshua when that was supposed to be a thing and then you know bob arum and and top rank and they you know they they did whatever they did with the legal side that stuff that they can do to to get this rematch to happen because of whatever contracts exist existed before so so it's happening and i was first i was upset because we didn't get joshua fury but then joshua got gotten Fin, uh, lost to uh, uh, Alexander Usek. So I don't even know if you can sell me a, a Fury Joshua or, or Fury Wilder now because, you know, the way that the way that it's been happening with heavyweight boxing, uh, the closer we got now that it's now that it's finally here, I'm actually really looking forward to this. Like I, as much as I was the last one, because, you know, if you look at the uh, video game rules, you know, <laughs> best two out of three, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to win t- uh, two fights. To, to really say you beat a guy when you have this type of rivalry. So as you mentioned the draw and you mentioned the Fury's uh, victory from the last one. So this one is that I'm actually excited because now both guys really know each other. They know what to expect. And we got to see who, who does what different. Like maybe Wilder won't wear an Iron Man suit when he walks into the uh, arena <laughs> this time. Uh, he sounds like he's got something up his, uh, up his sleeve. Okay. I, I really hope he doesn't. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was one of his weak excuses following his last loss is that he was drained energy-wise from wearing his uniform into the ring, for, for those that didn't know. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a heavyweight world championship boxing match. And, and yep. in my world, Tyson Fury is the world heavyweight boxing champion um, and the best heavyweight in the world. And, and you know, and Deontay Wilder is, is kind of the Mike Tyson of this era without the hoopla is so much maybe i i mean i'm a big power puncher mm-hmm. uh i just uh after uh the first fight was obviously the first fight was basically fury dominating and then he got dropped towards the end um i think he got dropped twice in the fight actually uh which evened out the cards and and ended up in a draw uh, i think well I, I thought fury still won the first fight second fight it looked to me like it was a, a schooling you know you had mm-hmm. uh fury basically dominated from start to finish um, to the point where you know the corner had to stop the fight. Um, I don't, barring Wilder coming out with some super game plan that we've never really known him to have, as far as you know, anything beyond going in and just trying to uh, really, really hurt your opponent. Um, I, I don't know what I don't see how he can win this fight. I feel like um, unless Fury takes it off, or it's the world of boxing and they want to see Fury Wilder four. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll get Adelaide Bird, Douglas Crosby, and and you know, South. Oh my Ohio God! Yeah, three. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I, that I don't know, but uh, but it's a heavyweight world championship fight. When you got a puncher like Wilder, and you've got the the character like Fury, I, it it makes for a a really cool storyline. Uh, but I I mean I gotta think Fury wins the fight. I it would be hard for me to pick Wilder to win. The odds aren't that extreme uh, right now. Uh, it looks like Fury's about a, almost a three to one favorite, uh, whereas Wilder's about a two to one underdog. Not crazy, not crazy odds. Um, I would have thought they would have been a little bit more stretched mm-hmm. out, especially on the underdog side for Wilder. Hmm. But, um, but 
you know, that's funny. Exactly- you I, I haven't even looked at odds yet. I'm glad you mentioned them. Yeah, I mean, minus two eighty for Fury seems like smart money to me. Um, but again, you got to be kind of a big gambler to, you know, you're basically risking three hundred dollars to try to win a hundred. So unless you're throwing down some coin, uh, you're not really making a whole lot on him. But I, it, you know, I just don't see how he can lose this fight, barring a, you know, I mean, he could always get knocked out real quick. That's what I was gonna I, say. Like, like that's 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 the intrigue, especially with with Wilder, you know, and you look, again looking at the first fight, he's got that puncher's. He's got that power and he's got that puncher's chance more than a puncher's chance, I would say, because especially because, again, they've experienced each other already. So like, he knows what to expect based on the last, the first two times, and so does Fury. The thing is, the thing about that is, is if you talk about the the pure the pure boxer, the the one that's a trained boxer, student of the sweet science, it's Tyson Fury, and that and that's that's where he has more options to bring something different, whereas. You know, you know, Wilder is going to probably swing for the fences until he can't swing anymore, unless unless he's got something new up his sleeve too. But he only needs one or two of those punches to land mm-hmm. to 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 make things, uh, you know, get people no, on their feet. Yeah, we had kind of said that before the last fight. I I just I I, I hope that Wilder does come out and shows a more composed, uh, you know, maybe not more composed. I don't know what the word would be, but more of a scientific attack uh to his to the fight it would be cool to see that he's evolved and learned something from that last fight um because then that would add intrigue to the fight if we come in here and we just see some wild haymakers and by the end of the first round wilder's already got a busted up nose from being jabbed 26 times Mm -hmm. you know then we don't really we realize that we there wasn't a whole lot there you know and then that that punch the punching mystique ends after a few of these losses um so uh you know but you know, the boxing for boxing wilder winning is probably the thing to happen, yeah. you know? Uh, but, but I, I think fury has just, uh, and proven I, to be just dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. And, and I have to say too, it's really nice to have some, some, some real boxing, like a real box, true boxing event to look forward to after going through months of, you know, this, the, the thriller, Paul Logan, Holyfield belt like these these weird carnival you know events that that are using boxing rules you know I, people say it's bringing more eyeballs to boxing maybe it is but you know I, hopefully this this showing kind of reminds fans like okay this is you know this is the the the, the kings sport of kings or whatever I forget what the ter- the term is but you know what I mean like this is the thing this is the old the original combat sport. That everybody grew up, you know, watching, and 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 this is what gets people, you know, excited for for a fight fight night. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm hoping that that that's what I'm hoping that's what this pay per view does this weekend. And I'm sure it'll sell a ton of pay per views. It's going to be great for for the promoters. I hope the fans, uh, you know, we get a good fight out of it. Uh, and and I think no matter what, I don't think anybody's going to feel like they didn't get their money's worth. I think you're either seeing somebody get knocked out or you're seeing two guys basically go toe to toe for yeah. you know 10 12 rounds like we yeah. did in, in, in the first that, i have a feeling they're both gonna leave it all out there too yeah i mean you would think that you know we we it all on paper this is set up to be another good mm-hmm. boxing match but you know it's just you never you never know so i i mean but i i 
I think, uh, but it, the main thing is that we get a huge boxing match. Like you say, we're not, we don't have some rap battle tied to it, or we don't have, you know, some celebrity, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, that's we, the, that's the weekend after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. Uh, not that I have anything wrong with big daddy Kane and Karis one, Karis one, I got a Karis one story, you know, Karis one, that's my hero, man. And I love Karis one, but anyway, I mean, yeah. we're, we're about to run out of time. So if you want to take us out, might as well uh, take us out. Oh, but really quick, I mean, we should mention Marina Rodriguez and Mackenzie Dern fighting at the UFC. I mean, that's a, that's kind of like a straw weight, you know, contendership. Title contender, yeah, yeah, eliminator for sure. Um, and that should be a good fight. The whole card as a whole is is you know king of the cage level. So yeah. uh, you know, but that main event uh, was is definitely one to check out. Uh, mm-hmm. Just especially for that in between the the boxing and and all the other stuff that's inevitably going on in the world of uh, fighting. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to this. So uh, check us out uh, the show on Twitter at Combat Hour Coast to Coast Combat mm-hmm. or on in- Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. You can always check us out at allaccessmma.com for our video podcast. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbizol on Twitter, Carbizol on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. Ed, uh, we'll see who the World Heavyweight Boxing Champion is come next week. And uh, start to look forward to uh, a bunch more MMA action. Yes, sir. And audio listeners, stay tuned for the Monica Franco interview coming up next. Thank you. I've done this in a while. <laughs> All right, Ed Carbajal here with Fearless Monica Franco of uh, Invicta FC. Uh, Monica, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to get to talk to you. Uh, Jillian DeCorsi, Lionheart Jill, has been hyping you up to me for months. Oh um, man! <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's funny because um, right around when she was trying to like actually she because I meant to interview you for the fight that you were supposed to have that you had to cancel when you when you got sick. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, she was kind of like trying to get that going, and then that happened, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, then, you know, I'll, we'll just wait and for her to fight that thing off." But um, yeah. <laughs> but how was that whole experience, by the way? I mean, if you don't mind telling, t- walking us through, I know it was quite the battle. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite surprised at how sick I got, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I remember when I my first Invicta fight, and then I flew home, I had caught the flu. And that took me about a week. Not nothing too crazy. This mm. one was this one was like the flu on steroids. I would say um, I had really se- severe body aches, super like muscle fatigue, dizziness. I think I collapsed once. Wow. Um, I was coughing out blood at one point, but I think that was just from like the constant coughing that I was doing. I didn't have any like super deep respiratory issues or anything. Like I was just like regular cough, spitting out stuff, but I could still breathe. Um, I was a little bit nauseated. Um, I lost my sense of taste and smell. I still don't have that back of hundred percent. Like I can smell things here and there and I can taste things more than I could, but I lost all of that too. So (laughs) probably the worst I ever got as far as being sick on the flu, you know, or I mean, COVID. So yeah. I mean, other people got it worse though. Some of my cousins got hit real, real hard. Like just, I didn't have like a fever or anything. I felt like if anything, I 
I was on the verge of hitting a fever. I never did that. So, mm. um, you know, it's, it, yeah, it just makes you grateful that, you know, when you get out of it, it just, I don't know. It's just like, just grateful to know that, you know, you have another day to like, just yeah. achieve the things that you want to, you know, there's so many people have, haven't had that opportunity, unfortunately. So I just yeah. feel very blessed. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm glad you're. I mean, I'm happy to hear that you're coming out of it too. And um, I mean, uh, I mean, enough of the the negative stuff. Let's talk about because well, you're uh, you're you. It seems like it's actually it's funny because I know when I've had surgery or injuries or when I've gotten sick. Um, when I was younger, anyway, I'm an old man now. Mm-hmm. But back then, um, like when you're getting out of something like that, that competitive spirit inside you, the martial artist in you. You kind of have to argue. You have that battle with yourself of like, let me not jump back in too soon because I'm just getting, right. just because I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, right. And and uh, the thing, the question I'm leading to, I have it in my notes here because you had when we, you and I set this up, you tweeted something about uh, any potential opponent opponent you like to 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 compete with. Uh, Jillian mm-hmm. wanted me to ask you that too. She mentioned it because you had tweeted something about because you're so ready to get back in there. Is there somebody that you were trying to call out or, or a fight that you specifically want? Well, not necessarily call out, but I mean, I, I, I wanted Serena de Jesus. Um, you know, I just kind of thought, well, since she's the one who replaced me, like, mm. you know, fight the winner, you know, that match and she happened to be the matchup, but I don't know where she's at with wanting to fight me, but fortunately, um, Haley Cowan, she just like DM me a couple of nights ago and was just like, and she posted it on her IG too. Like just like, Hey, I really wanted to Franklin at somebody else, but I don't know who it was, but she was just saying like, I hear you guys are looking for a fight, blah, blah, blah. And I know my previous opponent, Tina had actually tagged me and her, I guess on a post that Invicta had done, like, you know, who should we see next in the cage kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So a couple of people posted me and Serena and then um, Tina Posted me and Haiti, and I was just like, I mean, why not? I think it'd be a great matchup. Uh, I think our styles would make for a really good fight. Um, yeah, I I agree. She seems like a gamer. I'm a gamer, and I mean, it's all about fighting the best of the best. If you want to be the best, you gotta like, you know, go up against some of the best. And I think it would be a good matchup. I think, um, I think that people would tune in for that. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's funny that um, that the original one that you wanted, and you know, uh, with De Jesus and and Cowan, I, I I don't if I'm remembering correctly, I think she her last she lost her last fight. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, it would probably be uh one of those cases where like like your your fight fell out and she she wants to get back at you know into winning. Yeah, I think you could definitely sell that fight to a lot of folks that are interested. Um, yeah. The event that you were supposed to be on, that was the Invicta's first pay-per-view one? I think so. Yeah. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I was that... pretty bummed, but it's okay. <laughs> Things happen for a reason, you know? Yeah, no, it's better. I mean, obviously, we need you healthy to, you know, and ready to go. Um, yeah. Oh, instead of, you know, trying to, to force things. and But that was their first run at pay-per-view. Um So it was kind of like a missed opportunity, but it was the first one. So that means there's going to be more, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, talking about uh, like goals and, and looking ahead, um, I mean, uh, you, you had tweeted also that you were looking at getting a going towards a 135 pound title. 
Is that uh? I mean, because you don't you normally fight at one twenty five? No, I had done. I fought at thirty five and twenty five before. A lot mm-hmm. of my amateur career, I actually did a little bit of forty five, and then I sh- shot down to twenty five. But then I just felt more comfortable, like coming back into it, starting off at thirty five. So, I mean, yeah, that's where I'm at, and that's what I posted. Again, it's like knowing that you have the capabilities and the abilities um, mm-hmm. to, I don't know if that made sense, but, <laughs> you know, to fight against the best. And, mm-hmm. I mean, one of my goals is to hopefully hold a belt one day for sure. I mean, I've been doing it for so long. I've fought a lot of great talent. I've trained a lot of with a lot of great talent. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of, one of those things that I've always... Uh, mm-hmm held close to my heart but it's kind of time now to kind of like show everybody a little bit more and this is my goals this is where i want to get i mean i believe it it's i just feel like it's just a matter of time you know just mm-hmm. gotta keep working hard though so yeah i hope that answers your question <laughs> yeah no it, it did and it's funny you actually led me into my next one talking about you've been doing this for so long i mean you're uh, we were talking before I started recording about the difference between beautiful Hawaii and ugly New Jersey, where I'm at. Um, so the the uh, M- the mixed martial arts like um, culture has has been existing a long time in Hawaii, right? Like, yeah, is that is that why? Like, like how long ago? When did you realize you wanted to get into to the sport? Oh, okay. So it was when I saw Gina and Tanya fight at Elite XC down here in the Blaisdell. Um, I saw, I, cause, okay, well, I started in Taekwondo though. Like, I got my black belt. I started at 15, uh, got my back black belt at about 18. You know, I've been doing martial arts for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was that fight that just kind of really sparked my interest uh, into the world of MMA. Uh, I don't know. And then I saw Gina and Julie fight. You know, that was a good fight. So I was just very much inspired by them. Um, and, uh, it the rest kind of just came, you know, throughout the journey. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's that's interesting. It's interesting you say that because every time, I mean, it's probably me just being stupid. But usually, when you when you hear MMA in Hawaii, you start thinking about G, B, guys like me anyway. BJ Penn, Rumble on the Rock, stuff like that. So it's, it's I know. Just, maybe I should have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. I think it's it, it just adds to your uniqueness that you I mean Taekwondo mm. was your your uh, where you started and yeah as, I mean a lot of people you know didn't have any option like me when I was growing up I mean grappling and jujitsu and all that stuff wasn't even an option up until uh, until my late adulthood like my late twenties mm-hmm. so that's uh I mean that it's uh the path you know it's gonna it led you into it but it, it's nice to hear somebody coming from a traditional background like taekwondo i mean i always kind of like that anyway when i'm watching fights i i just did a thing for mma news a, a, a bit ago talking about that but um um so with, with invicta i mean when you i know you look when you as fighters usually like to focus on the fight in front of them and, and you just got out of dealing with the illness and stuff and, and ready to get back so when you look at your career long term yeah. What's the uh, what? What's the uh, like? If you're talking putting goalposts for your career, what's mm-hmm. the first one you want to hit? You're in Invicta now, so what's the next one? To become a champion in Invicta, whether it be at 35 or 25, one or the other. But that is the next goalpost. 
Nice, nice. That's uh, I mean, it's, it's funny the 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 fearless nickname. I mean, just talking to you for this short amount of time, I'm I just can see your at your attitude and your demeanor. You're definitely uh, focused and and somebody that's ready to go. Um, where the did did somebody give you that nickname, or is that something you came up with on your own? Uh, actually, my old team that w- that I was a part of, Jesus is Lord, uh, with Rachel Osovich, them, uh, Bob, my former coach, he came up with that name. Because before that, my amateur career, I was fierce, mm-hmm. but somewhere along the line, he we talked about it, and then um, I actually like fearless better. So. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's got a nice ring to it. I mean, I know you got it on your socials and stuff. In which, by the way, I know Jillian was like, "We got to build up your social following." So I already, yeah. I already got this up ready to go for you, so so folks know where to follow you. Hey, cool. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> appreciate it. But um, uh, one last question before I let you go. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, I know you were you just said uh, at the beginning when we started talking. Where do you, you, that you're still coming out of, like shaking off the little last bit of the COVID mm-hmm. fog or whatever they call it. So when do you expect to uh, be, you know, like get a, a fight signed re- ready to go? The, the Cowan one is uh, one that I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could be ready for the next one. You know, I've been back at training now and just getting better and better. So, I mean, whichever one Shannon decides to put us on, by all means. <laughs> you know. Cool. I, I mean, it's it would be a, a good I, fight. It would, I mean, I, I honestly feel like it'd be, uh, sorry, I don't know if I'm like on a specific time with you or whatever, but no, no, you're fine. I just feel like it'd be a really good, uh, if people want to see fireworks, uh-huh. that would be a good one, you know? You, um, you and Cowan. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely see that. I, I, uh, cause she, uh, she's somebody that comes forward a lot and, and, aggressive and and i mean yeah it's definitely i could see like a flight of the night potential yeah on i actually like that one she actually she actually has gotten better like you know like yeah. when you see your opponents you want to watch and you want to analyze and assess so she did make some tweaks into her game you know mm-hmm. like she doesn't necessarily come forward a lot i've seen some things though i mean i'm not gonna like expose everything but i i've started yeah. to like calculate and analyze because that's what that's what i like to like to do i mean at the end of the day though it's a fight right anything can happen i mean mm-hmm. anything can happen so it's just always having those adjustments but always having like these specific things that you can look for to hopefully capitalize on because mm-hmm. i mean the fighting game is a real chess match you know it's like it by inches so sometimes if you're like at this distance or that distance or if i take a slightly different angle which can just change the outcome mm. and what i want to bring to invicta and women's mma is again i think we've rise to a, a great level as it is but even showing them that we too can be super like high level chess match i'm not like dogging the females but i feel like because men started like you know in this progression yeah. first so to speak you know they've kind of elevated to the high chess match and I feel like we can do better at that as mm-hmm. a whole. I'm not like discrediting the athleticism. I think everybody's like phenomenal and what we put out there is phenomenal. But I don't know. I just feel like we'll, we can do better as a whole, you know, overall. But it's been exciting. It's been good. Yeah. Well, you're definitely in the right place for it. I mean, Invicta, I mean, it's, it's, it's all a female promotion. The first of anything. Like I know they just started. I don't know if you saw yesterday Medusa. Is like the all female uh, combat jujitsu promotion, 
And, oh, um, interesting. Yeah, Eddie Bravo started that. They had the first one yesterday. It came out of the blue. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so, but but Invicta is kind of like the spearhead of of something like that. And and I think, um, I mean, if you look at most of the UFC roster of women, they they they're all coming mm-hmm. from Invicta. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal mm-hmm. athletes. Yeah. So I think that says something about where you're already at and, and, and where, you know, you're definitely in the right place to, to do what you say you want to do. Um, the, it's funny. You mentioned that the, about watching you know, the potential fight and studying uh, your potential opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy. Cause it's, it, I watch fights the same way. And I always kind of look for something. Um, I always look for something from what I know about, about their background. So now that I know a little bit about your your where your martial arts came from, I'll probably notice it in your next fight because uh, mentioning Haley Cowan and looking at her last fight, even when she was in trouble, because I know her she uh, her athleticism mm-hmm. comes from being a gymnast, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I remember watching her in trouble when she tumbled backwards. Like you could see a lot of that muscle memory; it was just right. natural to her. Where she tumbles back to, to recover to in, in a fighting stance. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing. So I mean, I just love seeing stuff like that, and and it's nice to hear somebody that kind of has the same. Um, you know, you tap into when you're watching fights, you tap in the same way. So as a one age as one aging martial artist to a young up and coming martial artist, it's really <laughs> nice to it's nice to see that somebody else does that. But um. I mean, that's that's all the questions I pretty much have. Uh, and I really do appreciate you talking um, again. The time difference, you're in Hawaii and I'm in New Jersey. So we had to do this on a Sunday. So I appreciate you spending some of your Sunday with me. Yeah, uh, not one, a problem. If you want to uh, uh, shout out, I, I'm, I'm going to post your social stuff here on the bottom. But if you want to shout out any sponsors or anything like that, please go right ahead. Well, I mean, first and foremost, always just grateful to uh, my manager. Jason Adams, my, just my, my support system, which is always like my Ohana. So, you know, grateful for their support and my teammates. A couple of, I would say it's a, it's a brand IT SSA, if that didn't come out correctly. So it's a, is one of my brand, my sponsors. Um, Fit and Fresh Hawaii is my meal prep sponsor. Uh, I think other than that, just that, and just, you know, grateful for the opportunity to come on here with you. You know, anytime you want to like talk story or whatever, like, let me know. I can talk for a long time. So, like, Oh yeah, no, I mean, no. Um, I, I'm only allotted a certain amount of time because I'm going to add this to. Yeah. My, podcast, my no, that's fine. Right I now. love it. I love it. It's, 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 uh. It's the best. Definitely want to do that. Do this again, but yeah. uh, and I draw. And again, once her IG, that's her IG and her Twitter. Uh, I know Jillian was trying to help you get your social numbers up, and I want to. Hopefully, I can help do that too with this. So everybody, make sure you you get on all that Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, follow uh, Fearless Monica Franco. I mean, I'm 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 really uh, excited to see your first fight back. I mean, you're on Act. Victor's on Axis and everything now, so. It's a, it's a great time. It's a great time. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Mahalo. <laughs> What's the proper response to that? As, as a... um, proper response to that, would uh, <laughs> it's a good question. I got to ask my nephew. He speaks fluent <laughs> Hawaiian. So I'll okay. let you know. All right, cool. <laughs> good question. It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, 
Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.